welcome back to the Muscle Science for Women podcast with your hosts, me, my name is Rachel. And me, my name's Ashley. (laughs) We are so freaking good at starting off these episodes. Well, I will say I got, I actually got some um, good feedback on my live from New York. It's the Muscle Science for Women podcast. uh, Yeah intro that I did a couple of weeks ago. We should probably figure it out though. Like I have a couple of podcasts that I listen to where they start and end their podcast the same way every time. It's like they have like a little catchphrase, which oh. we definitely mm. don't have. So maybe we need to work on a like special catchphrase. That would be fun. Yeah. We'll talk about that offline. Yeah. We'll talk about that just come on sounding real awkward and that's our catchphrase. Just Yeah. That's kind awkward. of our thing. I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe people like it because it's real, yeah. real yeah. awkward. We're real people and we yep. are awkward. We're real awkward sometimes. Real awkward. That's how we do it. Okay. So right. what are we talking about today? We're answering some questions from our beautiful, smart, buff listeners. Um, <laughs> and I think you had one. It was about cycle, eating around mm-hmm. your cycle, training around your cycle. Let's just dive in. Yeah. Let's jump into it. So this is actually a question from one of my uh Flex fam members who actually also is a muscle science for a woman veteran. Nice. Um, Nicole, you probably remember Nicole. Yes, I remember Nicole. Um, she is awesome. And she had a question about, um, well, let me just read the question. So she, Nicole asked, you mentioned diet breaks and timing around a woman's cycle. I can see how this could be dangerous. Well, for me, in parentheses, but I've been pondering this and there's definitely a couple days just prior to my cycle where a small bump in calories would be beneficial. I would call these couple days real hunger days, not just cravings. She said, I'm starving. <laughs> so she asked if you were in a fat loss phase would those day or two before, you know, that she's experiencing that would a quick increase in calories to my maintenance be beneficial or is this strategy just a recipe for disaster um, over the long term? I mean, long question. And the, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, again, before she mentioned I'm in a fat loss phase, you know, my initial reaction is like, you're answering your own question. You're hungry, eat more. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that that usually is the right answer. I mean, again, she does kind of mention like that could be dangerous. I'm assuming she means from a sort of like tendency to maybe overeat or overdo it perspective, um, which again, I feel like is a separate issue, right? Because if we as an individual are concerned with we're hungry, we're going to honor that and eat a little bit more. I'm worried I'm going to go nuts and go totally overboard. I feel like that is kind of a separate challenge than whatever else you're working on nutritionally, because it does stem from a tendency that so many of us have to look at things as either sort of like binge or restrict black or white, all or nothing, right? It's like, you can't just eat a little bit more. You're going to have to eat a ton more and then regret it. Um, and so that's sort of like maybe a separate, um, challenge that we would have to work on. Um, but I don't know, I kind of am more interested in your perspective in terms of like trying to honor the fact that our body is hungrier at different times. We do have different nutrition requirements, um, throughout our cycle. You know, even if it's not massively different, there are going to be times in our, in the month when we maybe require more of something, when we're hungrier, when we're more insulin sensitive, when we can have more carbs, all of these things. 
and managing that in the context of being in a fat loss phase and still trying to lose fat while we're eating more. Um, Mm -hmm. so what do you, what do you think? Yeah. So, um, (laughs) I'm going to bring up the spreadsheets. (laughs) You got to actually, actually, this is something that we're doing now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I added a a cycle column to your, your tracker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with clients and Nicole has been doing this because clearly she knows the first few days before her cycle, she's been tracking this for a while. So she is like seeing these patterns occur that like, okay, a few days before I start my cycle, like my hunger is really high. Um, and maybe, you know, she just, she's super regular and like, maybe it's something she doesn't have to track. And she's just very aware of that, which is great. Some people aren't though. Um, and so a simple way to just become more aware of that is to just start tracking your cycle (laughs) and just like taking note of like, Oh, there's my hunger is super high for some reason right now. And then, you know, you end up eating and whatever, eating more. And then maybe you feel a bit guilty about it, but then you get your period and like, okay, that makes sense. Right. So my thing is, okay. I think that if you know, if you've been experiencing this for, you know, regularly for a few months and like, it's, it's, it's like, you know, happening regularly it's not just like something random then we can be proactive about it right we can say okay especially if you're in a fat loss phase and like that's your main goal right now being able to be proactive about your decisions when it comes to uh potentially bumping calories up that's where i find there to be a sweet spot the reason i say this is because with calorie cycling which is what we're talking about right it's like i'm going to maybe bring my calories up a little bit on the days where I'm hungrier or people do this all the time. Like they have like days where they, maybe their training days, they have calories a little bit higher. And then on rest days, a little bit lower, you know, because that works for them. There's some people where that does not work for them at all. And they sometimes need the opposite. Like sometimes on recovery days, they're actually more hungry. Um, so they pay attention to that and and things like that, or they're just, you know, same, like there's so many different ways to, to do this. However, the biggest thing that I found is that if you can go into it with that proactive mindset of, okay, I know that in three days, I'm going to like, just like clockwork, I'm going to start to have a little bit higher hunger because my period's coming in three more days. So I'm going to anticipate that and bump calories up proactively from the start going into that day, you know, eating more and knowing that that's, you know, even if it doesn't happen right this month, for example, like, even if you're not like, feeling super hungry, you're still being proactive about it. That is so much more effective than the reactivity, right? So if you are someone who knows like calories are going to be, or you're going to be hungrier during this time and you're like really fighting against it. And then you end up eating more, like no matter what, right. You, it becomes like nine o'clock at night and you're like, Oh, like that chocolate bar, it's in the cabinet and I just want to eat it all or I'll just take one bite and then you end up eating the whole thing. And then it's like, oh crap, now I did this where I didn't want to do it. Now I feel guilty about it. And now I'm going to restrict the next day, but my hormones are still telling me like I'm hungrier. So I just like end up eating and then I'm restricting again. And then you get into this whole cycle of just like madness and mm-hmm. it's very unhealthy. And that is the retroactive, like you are reacting to what you did. And then it turns into this unhealthy cycle of binge restrict binge. Right. So just doing like working with so many women over the years, and even with myself, 
if we can, and this comes back to not just like around your cycle, but just like around events or around holidays or things like that. If you have a specific goal and you want to budget a little bit more calories one day versus another one, like just do it proactively, like have a plan going into it so that you aren't reacting to afterwards. You're not feeling guilty about it afterwards. And then you feel like you need to restrict because that is a recipe for disaster. Um, so my answer to this question would just be like, okay, if you know that this is happening every single month, um, and it's been happening for a while, like just be smart about it and plan ahead and be proactive versus not. And it will just make you feel so much better. And you will like, you'll get the best of, of everything, really more food, more happiness, less guilt, still on track with your goals. Cause you've planned ahead and Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's win, win, win. That's like knowledge is power. Like you're saying, like yeah. figure out your cycle. Like the, this is a, a thing that we all have to deal with. And the less we treat it like a unpleasant inconvenience every month, that is a mystery to us. And the more we treat it, like we can figure out what it, what's happening and how it impacts us. And it's very normal to have different levels of hunger throughout the month. You're not weak or weak-willed or whatever, because some days you feel hungrier. Your body is literally sending you signals and it makes sense to listen to Mm -hmm. them. And I mean, again, even if we aren't thinking about our cycle, like men, everybody, you have different days where depending on what's going on in your life, you're going to be more or less hungry, right? To expect that you are going to feel the exact same every day, want to eat the same amount every day, have the same cravings every day does not make sense. So again, instead of having this like initial reaction of like, I'm hungrier, but I can't eat more. And if I do, I'm going to go overboard and it's going to suck and I'm going to suck and I'm going to ruin everything I've been working for. Like just calm the cycle. Like it's okay. It's normal. Like you said, be proactive, plan around it honor what your body's telling you to do. And you're, you might find that you actually have like more success that way, um, than trying to fight against it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I will say just to wrap that question up too, like, you know, if you're in a fat loss phase, you're going to be hungry at points. That's part of it. So I think that's also something to, to just be realistic about. Like if you're going into a fat loss phase and you are like planning to never feel hunger, like you're, you're also setting yourself up for failure because you're literally putting your body into a deficit Mm -hmm. away from where it wants to be. Like there's going to be some hunger eventually at different points. Mm -hmm. And so if you know how to manage that, if you know how to be aware, it just all comes back to the awareness, right. Mm -hmm. And awareness around what's happening. Like you can feel so much more in power of what you're doing and not feel like the hunger is taking over and like controlling you. And there's going to be times where you give in to that hunger and you eat more than you were supposed to move on, get right back into it. Don't do the retroactive guilt, restrict binge. It's a recipe for disaster. Um, so yeah, Yeah. I won't repeat any more of that, but I think that's. No, I think that was perfectly well answered. And I mean, so we're talking about nutrition around cycle, but we've had questions about training around a cycle mm-hmm. too. Um, and you know, we've, we can get into sort of my training and stuff with my project. Um, but we also talk about this in muscle science for women. We have like an entire sort of section chapter, um, lecture dedicated to sort of understanding our hormones and how that could possibly or not depending 
impact how you're eating, how you're training, um, stuff like that. But I think one of the biggest like misconceptions that people sometimes still have around training in your cycle is that, you know, when you're on your period or when you're about to have your period, like everything's going to suck and you just have to like go do yoga or like walk on a treadmill because you, you're going to be a nightmare if you try to train, which can be actually the opposite for a lot of people. Um, do you have like much insight about that? Like, do you talk about that with your, um, your group, your Metflex? Yeah. Yeah. Flex fam. But flex both. fam. Sorry. Yes. Flex fam. <laughs> oh, I also have to tell you, um, well, we can talk about it next time, but I'm rebranding a little bit with my, yeah. When is this massive? Name. Yeah. When's it happening? No, it's not like, well, basically this I'm just a big like, deal, guys. Okay. Yeah. So basically, um, <laughs> I'm just renaming my company yes. because right now it's like, <laughs> we don't even want to talk about what it is right now, but it's going to be RG fitness. Right. That's it. And anyway, so that's official. Okay. That's just, you heard it here first folks. Yeah. Okay. So, but then is the, is the flex fam still going to be called that or is it yes, going to be the flex fam is okay. still the flex fam, but that's not like, that's like just my membership group. Right. Um, okay. so Anyway, to answer your question, I think that when it comes to training, um, it's it all is again, it's like the awareness side of it, right? And it's like, <clears throat> I think this is much more, this is very, I mean, everything's individual, but this is very individual yeah. in the sense of like, there are things out there, there's research out there that kind of says like, oh, during certain parts of your cycle, like you may feel more energetic um, or less energetic or like you may have be able to push harder or you may have to pull back but from what i found just working in like the actual like uh real world with women yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that it's just so there's so many different variables that come into play that there's like literally no way to say like yes at like this time you should absolutely pull back or you should absolutely push yourself because there's so many other things that are going on in your life besides just your cycle and what's happening there that are going to affect how you're feeling. So mm -hmm. it's really just kind of comes back to like that auto-regulation side of things, like being very in tune and aware with like what you're doing and how hard you can push. And like, yeah, maybe you are tracking your cycle and you know that there's a few days, you know, either during it or lean up to it or even after it where energy tends to come down. Um, and you see that happening regularly or consistently over a period of time. So you can anticipate like, okay, maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll, I'll know this and I'll take a few days or like a deload week that week, or maybe I'll just see how I'm feeling. And if I like know that I typically feel this way during this time, then I should be aware of that and not feel guilty for not being able to push as hard as maybe I normally am. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where I think that, the awareness of the individual comes into play there and just being really in tune with like, okay, am I really like, where am I at right now? Is it, am I just being lazy <laughs> or am I actually like, is my energy levels actually like just crap today? Um, or am I in a fat loss phase and my energy is already lower, you know, with where I'm at. So I need to be aware of that. Um, so I think that's like the biggest thing that I, that I've come to the conclusion of is just trying to be as aware as possible and like being able to have these, these things that you're tracking, like your energy levels, your recovery, all that stuff, because that will give you a little bit more of like a, a full picture of like what's actually happening. And like, especially at the time of the month and things like that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. 
And I know, I mean, there's research too, that says, you know, among trained athletes that there are certain times in the cycle when you may be slightly more prone to injury and stuff like that. Cause there's again, hormonal things happening that Mm -hmm. might whatever, but like, these are again, highly trained athletes in a very specific study. And the significance is scientific. It's not if you work out hard on the first day of your period, you're definitely going to pull a hammy. Like it's not, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think sometimes we tend to, we get a little too stuck in uh research or, or data that doesn't necessarily apply to us that we pay attention to more than what our own body is telling us. Like it's great to read research and understand how our bodies work from like a scientific clinical perspective. But at the end of the day, as you're saying, what's more important is your own biofeedback, your own information and your own perceived feeling about how you feel that day. You know, like that matters more than journal. And I'll give, yeah. And I'll give a little anecdote here too. Um, is that the right word? Maybe one of my clients. Yeah. One of my clients, um, she just had her check-in, you know, on Monday, just like you had yours mm-hmm. on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. And she has been taking, uh, we're taking an approach of getting aggressive. Like she's just jumped into a fat loss phase after being at maintenance for a while. Um, and we're taking an aggressive approach from the beginning where we're basically just kind of going at it hard for like the first five to six weeks. And then we're pulling back um, versus the opposite. And she's having really great results, but she is noticing that that dip in energy, which is absolutely normal for the way that the aggressive aggressiveness that we're getting um, for, you know, we have structure on and all that. But she mentioned like last on, on over the weekend, she had a leg day and she really like had no energy to get out of bed and do this. And she ended up just going on a walk with her mom. Um, and then after that walk, she had a little bit more energy because her body was moving mm-hmm. and all of that. And so she's like, all right, I'm just going to go in and do like her, the first exercise on her, on her plan was like, a a few sets of RDLs, right? She's like, all right, I'm just going to go do some RDLs. And then if I'm not feeling it, I'm going to call it. And she went in, did those RDLs. And she was like, I felt so good that I just kept going. And I had such an amazing workout just because she took the one step to just do a few, a few of those RDLs. And that's how I look at my training too, especially when I'm in a fat loss phase or I know energy is lower, recovery is lower. If there's a day where I'm just like really not feeling it, I will... I will just take little steps. Like I'll put my shoes on. I'll go walk to the gym. Once I get to the gym, if I'm still feeling like crap, I'll go walk on the treadmill for a little bit and I'll do like one set or like the first exercise. And if I'm like, this is crap, like I know this is not going to be productive, then Mm -hmm. I'll just go do something else and call it a call it a day. But you'd be surprised like once you're in it, and once you're kind of like, all right, you you got all you got all that other stuff out of the way, like Mm -hmm. you can start to you know, feel good. And you don't have to, nobody ever has amazing workouts tw- like 24, seven, 365 days a year. Like that's not yeah. life. That's not real life. Yeah. Um, so you have to get comfortable with some of your workout days being not the best. Um, mm-hmm. as long as you kind of show up and give it what you got, like that's really the most important part. So. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm have a similar thing with a client I'm working with right now. She is, um, she has a very high stress life. Um, and so we're trying to manage that in a lot of ways, but in terms of the gym, you know, she'll, she'll have days where she's just busy and tired. Um, but it's about determining whether you are tired, too tired 
go home and go for a walk and like eat some food instead mm-hmm. versus you would feel better if you go to the gym. And like one of the behaviors we're working on is literally her packing her gym bag every night before bed. So it's packed and it's fresh and it's ready to go. And it's right in front of the door. So she doesn't have to, when she's stressed out and in a rush in the morning, think about, Oh, I got to get my stuff. Ah, screw it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's there. You put it in the car. It's just one kind of behavioral step in the right direction that she's more likely then to like go to the gym and like maybe do a warm up and like you said, kind of feel it out. Yeah. It's just little steps and trying is always better than not acknowledging that maybe today isn't the right day. And I'm going to go home and go for a walk instead. Also great, but you don't know until you try yeah. and you put those behavioral steps in place that allow you to do that more easily, yeah. right. With less decision-making because we exactly. all have to fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. Like reducing the barrier between that and, and yeah. as much as possible, that's like, so yes, so beneficial from an environmental yes. standpoint with so many yeah. things. I will say talking about, since we're talking about training in this episode, um, one thing that I am encountering in, because again, if you've been following along with this, this photo shoot prep saga that I'm, I'm going through over the next couple of months and Rachel helping me out with the prep and, you know, you gave me a training program too, which was not initially part of the plan, but I'm glad that I'm doing it. It's providing a lot of structure, but one of the downsides to a trained, a structured training plan versus what I did, which was just like, I'm going to do a lower body day and an upper body day, and then see where it goes from there. And I'm going to do what I feel like maintenance, um, is when I go to the gym and the machines that I need are not available, the rage that I feel immediately, because it's always like the leg extension or the leg press. And I'm like, guys, get off the machine and you're sitting on the machine on your phone and I can't, you know, you got to do it in order. There have been a couple of times I'll confess where like, maybe I go and do another thing that's out of order. Cause I just, I can't sit around. I don't have time. Yeah. Like I got to go do what I got to do, but I really am trying obviously to do it. Like, cause as you said before, and I know this, everything is the way it is for a reason, right? So you don't want to like just do whatever you want to try to like do it the way it's listed. And man, the rage when I get there and there's just people just taking all the machines and I, cause before it's like, if, you yeah. know, someone was on my machine, I'm like, screw do it. I'll you, just go over here. Do you, I have a question. Do you ever like ask like, Hey, how many sets do you have left? Or like, can I work in? Or do you just like, no, walk away? I'm not usually one of those people. I mean, I will say, I won't say never. Like it, I kind of like depends on my mood and it depends on like the vibe I get from the person that's like using yeah. the machine. Um, sometimes I'll be like downright friendly and like talk to people and ask, and you know, I've gone up to like strangers who are doing like an interesting exercise and like talk to them about it and stuff. But yeah. for the yeah. most part, I'm just like, I just like stew quietly inside and like try to go do something yeah. else and wait. Cause I just, so- <laughs> I'm going to give you a a little, this is a little coaching back to you. Cause I used to do that too. And then I would just get so angry and like, just walk away and then like, just get frustrated and stuff. But what I found to do is getting outside my comfort zone a little bit. And just, you know, when they're, especially if it's someone who's like literally sitting on their phone at the machine, which I do too. Um, sometimes, um, I just feel, I'm like, Hey, like, excuse me. Like they have their headphones in. I'm just like, Hey, I'm just wondering like no rush at all. Like how many sets you have left? Um, I'm just trying to figure out like my workout plan. Basically, that's what I say. And then that, first of all, that makes them aware that someone's actually waiting for the mm-hmm. machine. Cause you'll be mm-hmm. surprised how many people don't Clueless. pay attention to their surroundings. And they're just yeah. like, they don't know people are waiting there or they assume that no one's waiting for it. So they're just taking yeah. their sweet time. So that makes them aware in a really nice way where you're not like rushing them. Um, 
And then if they're like, I have five sets left, I'm going to be here for like 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, do you mind if maybe I work in during your rest periods? Like, whatever. Um, and if they say, like, usually no one ever says no, unless there's actually one time someone said no, because it was during COVID. I was like, all right, whatever. Um, but those two things, like, it feels like at first you don't want to do that. And you feel kind of like, oh, like I'm being that person at the gym. But honestly, like who freaking cares? Yeah. Like just it yeah. become the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And like, also the more, like I can tell you, like other people have started to do the same thing and they kind of get the, the vibe there. So yes. I don't know, just something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not so much that I'm like too shy to talk to people is that I just don't want to talk to people, yeah. but, but I mean, you're making a good point. Like, again, I, in a previous life, I had all the time in the world to work out. So I just mm-hmm. go do something else or hang out or whatever. And now I do not have all the time in the world yeah. and I got to be efficient in the gym. So if that means, yeah. you know, gently and politely hurrying someone up or working yeah. in on their set. Yeah. I mean, or messaging point. your coach and asking for an alternative, which I had to do recently. Let's talk about it because, yeah. um, you know, I, one of the things we talked about, like I, I've wanted, I've been very like upper body dominant basically for my whole life because for whatever reason, it's just something I always preferred. I think maybe, um, the sports that I played as a kid, I just like, I was, I've always been more into like shoulders and back than, you know, legs and glutes and stuff, which makes me, Mm -hmm. I think an anomaly as far as our like age group of women (laughs) in the gym. Um, but to each their own anyway. And so, you know, prior to us undergoing this, this, project together. I'm like, I kind of want to like focus more on my lower body a little bit, like just build back some muscle that I lost during pregnancy and postpartum and, um, whatever. And you're like, okay, yeah, we can, you know, we're doing full body. We're doing lower body and legs and stuff in your program, but we're not trying to like build any muscle during this period. We're not trying to kill ourselves because you're in a fat loss phase. It's short. It's pretty intense. You're not going to like build your glutes in the next two months. Totally fair. Um, but I've been really enjoying the, the lower body stuff that we have been doing. Cause it has been different than the very basic kind of stuff that I tend to do. So it's been fun. Um, but one workout in particular, <laughs> again, mm-hmm. I just gotta, I gotta give you some shit every now and then it's what makes our relationship fun. Yeah. Um, and there was an exercise, one of the, one of the days there's an exercise that was like, it was like glute cable, glute kickbacks. Kickback, yeah. Yes. Which again, it's like, because I'm old and stuck in my ways and whatever, I, I'm just like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing a kickback. Okay. I just, well, it first started because you couldn't find the attachment. Right. Well, and you're like, we don't have the habit. Yeah. Cause you need, you need like a, like an actual, like ankle, like yeah. strap kind of thing, which my gym doesn't have. Um, and you know, you were like, you yeah, know, you can just buy one for like 20 bucks. And I'm like, hard line. I'm drawing a hard line here. Okay? When, I, when I messaged you that, I was like, she's not doing like, that. Hell no. Yeah. So like, again, and this is all in like joke, like I don't care. People yeah. can do kickbacks. It's great. I, it is a good isolation exercise. Fine. Like I do glute stuff. I'm not like above it. I, I like, I want to yeah. have a nice butt like everybody else. It's fine. But I was just like, dude, I bought a scale for you. I bought a special measuring tape. If you think I'm going to go buy a glute kickback attachment for a cable, <laughs> you're, you're crazy. So I'm not doing it. So anybody anyway, was like, it was funny. Cause in real time, talk about like an accessible coach. I was like, I'm literally here at the gym, like next to this machine, 
what do I do instead? Because I'm not doing a cable kickback and I will never do one. Um, so anyway, you laughed at me, but you gave me, you gave me some, um, some alternative exercises, which is great. Um, and it, yeah, it's been fun again, just kind of like more isolation exercises, more, not so incredibly strenuous lower body stuff, because as you've said, I think it's something we can all relate to. Like when we do heavy leg days, it can be like exciting and fun, but also kind of like nerve wracking and stressful. And knowing that like no particular day that I'm going in, I have to like mentally prep for, I mean, some of the days are harder than others. Um, but that's also because of my own strengths or weaknesses. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is nice again, I'm going through a stressful period in my life anyway. And then the stress of like eating less food and whatever, adding on top of that, like stressful workouts where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can like get myself through this, you know, that's not yeah. beneficial. And again, I think that that shows like the experience and knowledge you have as a coach where at the beginning, when I was like, I want to do leg stuff, you could have just been like, fine, I'll, you know, make her happy and give her some squats and some heavy stuff, yeah. whatever, which wouldn't have been optimal. You know, I could have done it, yeah. but it wouldn't have been the best decision, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, your, your programming is great, but I'm not doing glute kickbacks. I'm not yeah. doing kickbacks. And that's totally fine. And there are yes. alternative exercises to that. Yes. Um, and that's the advantage of having a coach to yes. help you with that so that you, yes. you know, kind of the alternatives, which I'm sure you have a good idea of that too, but yes. Um, that's one thing. And then also, like you said, like with the, just the stress of going into like the stress of like a leg day, right. Just mentally going into that, but then also like your nervous system, right. Mm -hmm. That is a huge stress on your nervous system from a low, like, you know, if you're going really hard with like heavy squats and thrusts and all that stuff, like your body, if it's already in an aggressive deficit, like, I mean, I've learned this the hard way just on myself and, and whatever over the years. And that's why, like, I'm so adamant about like pushing this. And, and that's why I did push back against, you know, some things that you say and like other clients as well, because there is, uh, I don't want to say a right and a wrong way to do things. There's a smarter way mm -hmm. to do things. Um, and if you yep. know, and if you have that knowledge and that experience, which a lot of people don't. And so that's why having a coach who has the experience and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying like, I've been doing this for a really long time. And so that is where the experience come from, comes from. It's not because I have my head in the books. Like, you know, I do get nerdy on things, but like, it's the, the experience with working in the real world with women, with seeing results that come or don't come. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then same with myself too. And so all of these things play into it. And I think like, like you said, the more knowledgeable you are, the, the, the why behind it versus me just telling you like, no, you can't do this because yeah. I said, so it's like, no, you can't. I don't think this is a good idea because X, Y, Z. And then yeah. you're like, oh, okay. And then that has you thinking about like other things that you might be doing that you're like, oh, maybe if I don't do that, maybe I'll, this will be a little bit easier and I'll still get the same or even better results. So it's mm -hmm. just kind of that whole coaching client relationship. And mm -hmm. it's not, and I want to understand that I want everybody to understand this too. Like, it's not a one-way thing. It's not mm -hmm. like I'm telling you, you have to do X, Y, Z and that's it. Or like you're out. It's like, okay, these are, this is why I think it's best, but like, I want to know what you think too. And then like, we'll find a compromise in the middle, mm -hmm. um, for what makes the most sense. And I think that's very important. I know you do this with your clients too. Like it's very important to have the two-way communication. If you have a coach who's just like, do it, do this way, 
Like if you have a coach who's like, it's this way or nothing, or if you have a coach who you push back against and they're always giving okay. you what you want, yeah. Yeah. you're like, fine. Yeah, let's do it. That's right. fine. That's a lazy freaking coach. That's them giving you what you want because they don't want to deal with changing things or putting the work in to explain to you the why behind what you're doing, or they just don't know the why and they're mm -hmm. taking it from somebody else. So mm -hmm. that's why it's very important to, to know who you're working with and, and have all of these things. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. And I think again, what you're saying, like listening to your client and asking them why is very important too. Like you said, it's not just telling people it's, telling them why. And I think it's really important for coaches to understand why the client is doing things the way they're doing or why they believe the things that they believe, because that's going to teach you more about your client. It's going to teach you more about how their brains work, what their background is, maybe what kind of information, misinformation, baggage, whatever they're coming into the relationship with. Right. Um, because again, it's very easy for people who know about nutrition and training to dismiss somebody who says something that you might think is really misguided or really dumb for lack of a better word. And if you understand a bit more of the context of why they're coming to you with these beliefs, um, you can better coach your clients. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think that's really good. Um, speaking of glute stuff, we have a exciting um, new project. So in 2023, we decided that we wanted to provide some more stuff, more opportunities for people to work with us, right? We've got our Muscle Science for Women program, the big kind of flagship program that still exists and is awesome, and we want everyone to do it. Um, but we wanted to kind of provide some more like hyper-specific um, resources for people based on what our followers and whatever keep kind of asking us for. Right. And, uh, unsurprisingly, when we talked about different like training programs or different kind of like specific things they wanted to work on, a lot of people came back saying glutes, lower body glutes and legs, mm -hmm. glutes and legs. Right. Um, which again, it makes sense. Like, even if I have sort of a bias towards like upper body stuff, there are a lot of reasons why strengthening your lower body is really important. And it's not just aesthetics. I feel like social media tells you it's like, just get a big butt because it's cute. And that's what everybody likes now. And that's what gets you attention. And fine, I guess if some people want to do that, because it's, it's cute, fine. But these are also huge muscles in our bodies and they help us with injury prevention any kind of sport or movement that we're doing. Um, having strong glutes, for example, can help like things like back pain. Um, you know, it's really important to pay attention to lower body strength, not just aesthetics that comes too. Um, mm -hmm. but I think that it's, it's important to learn about, I guess that's the theme of this, um, chat today, like the why, right. And that's what we wanted to do. We're going to work. We're going to do our first, um, workshop, you know, series, mm -hmm. and it's going to be glutes because that's what people ask for. We got to give them what they want. Um, yeah. but it's not just providing a training program on how to get a booty. You can like Google that right now. And I guess a bunch of stuff yeah. will come up. Probably we want to teach people like the mechanics, the science behind growing muscle, growing these specific mm -hmm. muscles, what they're good for, what they do. Um, and so that's what we're working on. And I'm kind of excited. Yep. We're hoping to get this done sooner rather than later, but do you have anything you want to 
No, yeah. I mean, I think there's just, um, I think it'll be cool because it'll be like a little bit, um, like some, some more practical things and like things that you can, like, you don't have to overhaul like your whole training. If you're doing, like, if you're following a specific program already, or if you're like going to classes or whatever, and you're just looking to maybe add a little bit more, maybe like a little bit of special specialization, um, or also just to understand like what exercises, are like you're doing and what they are actually because there's so many different glute exercises out there right and like there's and i didn't know this until like a few years ago when i started to study biomechanics and like actually understand like what muscles are being worked in what lengths and ranges and like we're not going to go into all like the sciencey terms and all that stuff but we're going to basically break it down in like layman's terms and like allow you to understand like okay this exercise there's a reason why i'm doing this exercise um and the reason why i'm pairing it with this exercise versus just doing 100 hip thrusts and all this booty band work just because you saw someone do it on instagram like there's a lot more behind it and if you know what you're doing and why you're doing it you will get much better results in a less amount of time and also a very much more productive amount of time where you don't have to be doing a million glute exercises. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to be doing that. And you're, a lot of people are just wasting their time yes. um, when you can get much better results. If you actually understood like what certain exercises are doing and, and all that jazz. So mm-hmm. then also like, we'll probably talk a little bit about nutrition too, just to kind of like round it all out. No pun intended. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. Oh, we need to mark that. That needs to be a, that needs to be a IG clip. That was very well done. Good job. Yeah. And I mean, I think we'll talk about nutrition. We're going to have to talk about recovery, whether you guys like it or not. Um, training volume, training amount, how to incorporate. I mean, I think what ultimately what we're working on, we're kind of talking about this in real time, but we're going to provide specific programming, but it can be something that you can integrate into what you're already doing. But we want to make sure that you're doing it in a smart way so that you aren't overtraining, you aren't wasting your time. You're not doing anything in the gym that isn't like positively impacting what your goals are. Um, so one of the things I think is cool about this product that we're going to create and hopefully subsequent ones. Cause I know a bunch of people wanted a shoulder one too, which I'm mm-hmm. we'll personally very pumped about. Um, but it's going to be really specific, a really deep dive. Like you are going to come away from this, uh, this workshop, whatever with like real, real knowledge. It's not just you paid us. Here's a PDF, go to town. Like we really want it to be like interactive and engaging and have theory practical application, like real tangible stuff you can take away and use. Um, and that's, I think, I think what sets us apart from a lot of the stuff that's out there. It's again, very easy to go find, build a booty in three Mm. weeks or whatever the hell, but like, this is going to, this is going to be more educational and really teach you how and why, um, to do the things that you're doing. You are going to know more about your butt than you ever thought possible. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And while we're talking about this, we didn't talk about before, but if you're listening to this and this interests you, what we'll, we'll do is we'll, we'll add a link in the description to get on like the, the list. If you are interested in this workshop, um, because if you're so just so that we know, and then when we send information out, we're probably going to have like a cap on the amount of people potentially that we get into like the first mm-hmm. iteration. Um, so if you want to like reserve your spot, we'll create a link to put in the, the show notes. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Build a butt. Like build, build a, a bear, except it's a butt. Um, all right. 
I think that's all the exciting things we had to talk about. Active Stacks is our sponsor today. Speaking of building things, I have been using so much more protein powder since I've been on this uh, fat loss thing because Mm -hmm. listen, I eat protein, but like I need to eat a lot of protein on this diet. And that's for me. Like I have no problem eating like, you know, one pound per one, one gram per pound of body weight or whatever, but like, we're even doing higher than that. And when you're trying to do that while also like keeping calories in check, it actually does require a little bit of like science. So I've been upping my, um, protein intake significantly, Mm -hmm. my egg intake, my dairy intake. Thank goodness. I can, I can tolerate dairy because the the Greek yogurt and cottage cheese <laughs> eggs and stuff that I've been yeah. eating the last like couple of weeks. I love it personally. I think it's great. Um, but I've been doing a lot more like adding protein powder, um, active stacks and others to other things that I'm eating. Cause I just like, it's just the little ways to like mm-hmm. add protein. It's all the stuff that I tell everybody else to do that. I am now like really paying attention to myself. Um, but active the ice, ice cream. At night, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I'm actually planning on probably doing that to treat myself at some point soon. Um, because it's so delicious. I mean, you know, like you're the one who's gotten like a whole community online of people like crushing protein ice (laughs) cream now, including myself. Um, but yeah, when I do, uh, when I do my next active stacks protein ice cream, I will post and uh credit you because the again, the chocolate is the best tasting, yeah, protein. And you need to have you put hazelnuts in it yet as the mix in? I have not, but I keep seeing you do it. So I gotta, I will send you, um, this is an active stacks, but full transparency because I use other protein powders too. And I have a whey protein that is chocolate hazelnut. And if you, if you use that and then add actual hazelnuts, oh my goodness, like that chocolate hazelnut flavor is really, really good. I'll send you some. Um, but anyway, active stacks, we love you. Thank you for supporting the show and supporting my, um, get buff goals. Uh, their code is MSW 10 it's activestacks.com. They have vanilla and chocolate natural flavors, no added grossness, mm-hmm. really one of the higher quality, um, protein yeah. powders on the market. So, um, and it's beef ice, it's beef isolate protein. So it's, um, if yes. you're, you know, uh, if you don't do well with dairy and, and, and lactose yeah. and things like that, um, this is a definitely a better option or yeah. a good option. Yep. And as always, if you guys have questions for us about, you know, the glute workshop, if you have questions about the prep that Rachel is helping me with, if you have topic ideas, anything you want to hear, um, we want to address it. So send us an email at muscle science for women at gmail.com, the number four, um, or you can reach out to us on Instagram, wherever, you know, we are online and just, uh, send us your questions, comments, feedback. We'd love it. Yeah. And if you're feeling extra happy right now, feel free to rate and review the show. Um, yep. it helps us to get out there a little bit more and yes, please be awesome. Yeah. It's super easy and it really makes our day. It does. All right. That's it. Sweet. Enjoy your week. See you next time. Mm-hmm.